Think Red Smoke Alarms. Think 10-year warranty. Think Australian-owned. Think redsmokealarms.com.au. Amar Safety. Over 30 years of better brands and better service with the widest choice of PPE. Welcome to Tradies News in a Nutshell. Good morning, everyone. Welcome along to Tradies News in a nutshell for your Wednesday morning. It is the 25th of November. Uh, November? Skipped ahead of the 25th of October 2023. Two months till Christmas. That's a bit scary. Broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane, and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. Daniel Pedigree with you over the course of the next hour. 1300 01 1170, our open line number, or you can text 0457 736 736. That's all before breakfast this morning for listeners through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney with Missile and Copes Brandy on his RDO. Vossi back in a couple of weeks' time. So we've got Missile and Copes in the chair today. You will get in Queensland the first hour of that and then Patton Hills along at 6am local time for you. Big show for us this morning over the course of the next hour. We'll get to the news of the day in just a second, recap some of the sport from overnight. Also, uh, Matty Cox from Trade Issues in Melbourne will join me in about 15 minutes to discuss some of the big issues of the week, including back page of today's Daily Telegraph in Sydney, uh, big headline, Spoil Sports, AFL, the biggest whiners. Uh, this is coming from the story coming out of the NRL going to Vegas. We'll get to all of that shortly, and we'll have a chat with Matty Cox about that in about 15 minutes. The cricket, Australia will wrap up what happened last night in a second, but Australia in action again tonight against the Netherlands. Not going to be a walkover. Will Travis Head play? Will he not play? We'll have a chat with Paul Dennett, our cricket expert, in about half an hour to get all the latest from the world of cricket. But most importantly, as always, want to hear from you. We're talking video games yesterday. Don't know what we'll be talking today. We'll find out. one 1170 0457 736 736 Wednesday morning. Tradies News in a Nutshell. The Hot Topic. Thanks to Rain. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a ream. Yes, except nothing less than Australia's best at install a ream, Australia's favourite hot water. We will get to the cricket from last night in just a second. But before that, Peter Volandis. This news came out probably about 9.30, 10am yesterday morning. He is going to attend the White House as a guest of Prime Minister Anthony Albanese. So the Australian Rugby League Commission chairman... He's flown to the United States, and we were talking about this yesterday, that he was going to fly to the United States to promote the game in Vegas and the breakfast show with Jimmy and Brainy. We're talking about, uh, like, we were people that potentially could get to promote the game. Margot Robbie uh, seemed to be the winner uh, of that. Keith Urbanstein was mentioned as well. Anyway, now Albanese is also um, over there at the moment at the invitation of U.S. President Joe Biden, uh, and he has invited Volandis to have dinner with them at the White House. State dinners have honoured head, uh, visiting heads of government or monarchs since the 19th century. Albanese last month extended the invitation for the ARLC boss to attend a state dinner alongside some of America's most powerful people ahead of the NRL's push into the United States for next year's season launch in Las Vegas in March. So well done to Peter Volandis spreading the game uh, and going to be having dinner at the White House. We've probably done this before, but let's do it again on the Wednesday morning. I don't think 
Uh, and if you look, if you have had any sort of meal at the White House, I'd love to hear from you on the open line, one 1170 or 0457-736-736. I doubt anyone listening right now has, but you never know. If you have, happy to hear from you this morning. If you haven't, what sports person would you love to have dinner with? Who would you invite over to have dinner with? Sports person, could be, could, would it be Peter Volandis? Would you invite Peter Volandis over to your house for dinner? What sports person can be a player, ex-player, administrator like Volandis? What sports person would you have over at your house for dinner? You could only invite one. Who would it be? 0457-736-736 or 1300-01-1170. And we will talk to Matty Cox in more detail about the Vegas situation as it seems to be moving forward. Uh, what about, though, an invitation to the White House for Peter Volandi? So, yeah, what sports person, administrator, player, coach, who? There's one, only one person in the world of sport, and they can be alive or sadly passed away. Let us know. Who would you invite over for dinner? And what would you ask them? You can throw a question if you want. Uh, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. That is part of our, our power play this morning for the Makita XGT Experience Professional Cordless Power Without Limits at 5 past 5, 5 past 4 in Queensland. Let's have a look at the cricket from last night. South Africa were playing Bangladesh. Just one match played last night in the Cricket World Cup ahead of the Australia-Netherlands match coming up tonight. And as I say, we'll talk to Paul Dennett about that in about half an hour's time. Uh, Bangladesh, well, South Africa off their 50 overs made 5 for 382. Bangladesh in reply only managing to make 233. So South Africa winning by 149 runs there. South Africa winning by 149 uh, runs. Not a hugely surprising result, although we know South Africa lost in an upset last weekend or last week. So today, one game, and as I say, an important game for Australia, one they would be expected to win, but you never know, against the Netherlands. That'll be at 7.30 tonight, as I say. We'll talk more about that um, with the wonderful, um, great Paul Dennett very, very, very soon on the show. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170, and we'll ask him about Steve Smith as well because... Uh, he got hit by Sean Abbott ball at uh, training yesterday, about 24 hours ago. I saw it on the news last night. Looked nasty. Thankfully, it looks like he'll be okay uh, for this match. All right, some of the news of the day before we take a break and have a chat with Manny Cox. The Panthers, and we know this has been an ongoing storyline with the Panthers and Jerome Luai over the past five or six months. They have now offered Jerome Luai a two-year deal. They've upped their offer to Jerome Luai tabling the Star 5-8, a two-year deal worth $1.7 million to keep him at the club until the end of 2026. So he's off contract at the end of next season coming up, and he held a meeting with Panthers Power Brokers 11 days ago where he was told of the club's increased spending capacity. Um, the Panthers indicated to Luai that they would not be able to pay him more than $800,000 a season a couple of months ago, but that figure has since increased to about $850,000. Uh, the Panthers having, though, only offered him a two-year deal. Rival clubs, who believe it would take a long-term deal worth in excess of $1 million a year to lure Luai away from his junior club, are monitoring the situation but can't make a formal offer until the 1st of November, which is still a week away. 
Now, Loi has indicated his preference is to remain with the Panthers, but he wants to explore what could potentially be more lucrative and longer deals at other clubs. And we know in the past week he has linked up with Black Money Management. Um, it is interesting, isn't it? So the Panthers up from 800000 reportedly to $850,000. I saw this debate again on social media, and it's a debate that I think every fan has been having. I'm sure Jerome Luai, uh, more importantly, is going to be having uh, for the next little bit until he makes a decision. $850,000 is a lot of money, don't get me wrong, to stay at a successful club that could potentially win another competition, two competitions, three competition, what, what competitions while he's there. And I don't think anyone would be, if you were offered, if I was offered $850,000 tomorrow, I'd take it. So would, I dare say, the vast majority of our listeners. But um, when, and I understand the success element of that, but when you look at what other clubs are offering him, $1 million, $1.1 million. Now that is an extra, if you, and if you add on the fact that they'd probably be offering, offering him three to four years, you're all of a sudden looking at an extra million dollars. Um, I know if you look at it year on year, people will say, okay, well, it's only an extra, you know, dollars he's saying no to, which is still a lot, don't get me wrong. But that's just one year. There's a lot to weigh up for Jerome Luai and whether he wants to bypass the money because let's not forget, um, football careers are short. He'll be done by the time he's 32, 33. Who knows what he's going to do? So no one would blame him for looking after his future. But no one would blame him for staying at Penrith as well. What does Jerome Luai do? What would you do if you were Jerome Luai? Would you turn down that extra money and stay at a club that's going to win? You'd expect more competitions, at least be highly competitive, or go elsewhere for the money. No, 457 736 736, all part of our Makita Power Play this morning. Makita XGT, the professional choice for cordless convenience, unmatched performance, innovation, and power without limits. Plus, what sports star, coach, administrator would you invite over for dinner, and what would you ask them? Might ask Maddie Cox that. 0457 736 736, our text number. You can call the open line 1300 01 1170. We'll take a break. On the other side of this, we will cross down to Melbourne and have a chat to Maddie Cox. It's 10 past five in New South Wales, 10 past four in Queensland. Yes, good to have you company. Uh, Wednesday morning, going to have a chat with Maddie Cox in just a second. We're here for Red Smoke Alarms. Think redsmokealarms.com.au and Amare Safety, your Australian-owned workwear and PPE provider. We'll get to your texts shortly, 0457 736 736. You can call the open line, 1300 01 1170. Let's go down to Melbourne and have a chat with Manny Cox, host of Trade Issues in Melbourne. Now on SEN, on SEN. It's, it's time, time to, to trade, trade Towns. Are we still friends? Uh, yes, of course we are still friends. Are you sure? Yes, yes, I'm sure. And, mate, I- I'm actually delighted to be speaking to you this morning. It is just great to <laughs> have have you here. How, how are you, Maddie? <laughs> Flustered, but, we'll, Flustered. but, yes, what happens off air stays off air, yeah, of uh, course. Dan, and uh, the fact that things don't work when they should. But, anyway, I'm not complaining. I'm no. Not, I'm, but I am on the defensive you after you what you... You wouldn't do such a thing. No, I no. never. No. We're not whingers down here, as what's been described mm. in a local paper. 
What is going on? What, where has this headline come from? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's a very good question, to be honest, because I got in here, you know, about 3 a.m. to do my preparation um, and uh, picked up the back page of the Daily Telegraph. I imagine, and Queensland listeners can let me know, I imagine it'll be, uh, if it's not back page of uh, the Courier Mayor up there, it'll some, be somewhere in there. Article with D- Dean Ritchie. Uh, big headline, spoil sports. Underneath it, AFL, the biggest whiners. Um so at the start of the article, I won't read it all to you, Maddie, but the start of the article says a former Victorian Premier, uh, Jeff Kennett, an ex-AFL chief executive, a legendary player, and thousands of Australian rules fans have gone into a jealous meltdown over Las Vegas' boast that rugby league is Australia's biggest sport. Uh, Jeff Kennett said that's crap, uh, amongst other things. So <laughs> apparently... Um, Oh, and look, we can, we're going to have a, we'll have a bit of fun with it, but it seems to have got people a bit. And I didn't know anything about this. I didn't realise Vegas was boasting rugby league as Australia's biggest sport. But I suppose when you've got games over there, you need to promote it somehow. Well, you need to get some sort of attraction if the sport's not getting or able to generate itself, I suppose, Dan. 13,000 tickets sold already, Matty. Well, only 13? Y- yeah. That's, that's a bit disappointing. Well, yeah, well, it, and it comes off the... Well, it's true because it comes off the back of a discussion we were having yesterday that the vast majority, not all, but the vast majority of that 13,000 that have brought tickets so far, keep in mind that the match is still what, well, the matches are still what, four months away, just over four months away. Um, the vast majority of those are Australian fans that will be making the trip over there or expats. Um, so there has been talk um, that Peter Volandis, and we'll get to him as well in a second, they're heading over there at the start of November and also at the back end of November, trying to bring in some star attraction, trying to promote the game more, potentially meeting with famous people to Australians probably to promote the game, which is a pretty good point because at the end of the day, yes, it's great, whoever, whatever crowd you get, and it's great that Australians are travelling over there. But if you don't get many Americans at the game, Manny, you sort of wonder, it sort of defeats the purpose of doing it. it uh, and to be genuine now and to mm. be serious and to avoid the bravado that mm. we've uh, commenced with this morning, is it a concern then if we or if you guys are taking your product internationally and if it's not capturing the market what what is the purpose why why are you doing it if it's not going to generate the interest and attract an audience that is external to the ones that actually are passionate and love the game yeah well it's an interesting one and as i say we've got to give it a bit of a chance because it's still four months away there's still a lot of time between now and then um I would dare say, and look, I, I'm not in Vegas. I do actually have a friend of mine who will literally, who's been in America, and I should probably ask him actually, been in America the past couple of months. He's heading to Vegas in the next few days. I'd be really intrigued because apparently there's this billboard uh, that Peter Volandis has organised saying Australia's biggest sport unleashed in Vegas. You can think about that what you like. But there needs to be a lot of promotion. Um, I speak to Chris Perkins, American correspondent, uh, a couple of times a week on my show, and he says that you need to get NFL people involved. You need you need something because if it just goes by the wayside and you do not promote the game until two, three, four weeks beforehand, yes, you will still attract some people, but you're not going to attract that many. So the promotion really needs to start now. And you're right, Maddie. If at the end of the day we're only going to get tw- let's say let's say there's thirty thousand there, maybe, but twenty or so thousand of them are expat Australians or people travelling from Australia, whilst all those people are going to have a great time, undoubtedly, 
the reason for going over there, I thought, was to attract a new market. So, yeah, I'm going to be very intrigued to see how the next few months play out. And then when we do get to game day, which will come around, as we know, a lot quicker than most of us think at the moment, what it looks like there and how many Americans are there and how much talk about it is going to be happening, especially as Las Vegas is hosting the Super Bowl this year. It's only, well, next year, it's only two or three uh, weeks after that. And then we get the NRL two games over there. So, yeah, interesting to see how it plays out. And this is a long-term thing as well, isn't it? It's mm. not just a hit-and-run kind of uh, strategy from the NRL. They've signed this for, a, for is, it, is it three or five years, somewhere it, in that vicinity? It's five years, Manny. So next year will be the first of those. Um, and I would imagine that it would be a doubleheader both years. So it is a long-term strategy. Um, yeah, look, it'll be int- uh, Look, who knows how it's going to play out. Um, I I've, and this has been a discussion amongst NRL people and this talk about going to America. It's gone back a long time, but it's been particularly in the news over the past few years. And I'm one that has always said, look, I don't really have an issue with it. I understand the clubs, the four clubs that are involved, Manly, South, uh, Roosters and the Broncos. Some of their fans might be a little bit annoyed if you lose a home game. And I do sort of understand that argument. But... To be honest with you, I have no issue with trying to promote uh, rugby league or AFL, whatever sport, in a new market. I don't know that any harm is done with it, but it also needs to attract some viewers from the new market as well. So, yeah, going to be interesting. And it kind of makes us reflect on our own expansion into mm. foreign markets. Mm. We had matches held in China most recently. I just got was... a text about that asking how that uh, AFL's push into China went. That was from Matt on my text line. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't as successful. From a commercial perspective, I think it was for both Port Adelaide and Gold Coast, who I think were the final two teams mm. that headed across for a couple of seasons, I think it was. So from a commercial perspective, I think it was quite an incentive for both teams but in terms of a crowd and then an impact I'm unsure where it registered but it was we also tried games in New Zealand over Mm. the Anzac Day weekend well that's over 10 years ago now Um, and again it was questionable whether or not it actually it actually stuck with the local audience and again whether it was more people coming from Australia heading into NZ so I'd be curious if there's anyone listening to my program this morning that either travelled to either of those encounters what their response would be and maybe it thinks about our own expansion and and the question mark and maybe the reasons as to why we're not as um, strong as pushing into other markets as we once were because of those experiences. Yeah, and it's interesting one that you just mentioned. You'd be happy to hear from anyone that went over there. One thing I do know, and again, this is more the local market that we are talking to now, not the American market, although I'm sure there'll be heaps of people from America listing on the SEN app right now. Um, The thing is, is that I know quite a few people, um, and I, I do support one of the teams that are going over there. But even outside of them. I know quite a lot of people that are going over for that. Um, I, I looked at it, but no, I won't do that. But um, <laughs> well, you didn't get tickets. No, I was tempted, but no. Um, it's a surprise. Little too expensive, and I don't have as much leave. I, you know, I need to keep the leave for other things. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Yeah, so I know a lot of people that are going over there, and that will have a great time, as I said a few minutes ago. But they would have, uh, no, I'm not going to say they would have an equally as good time watching a game in Sydney. It's very different. You're going to have a great time. 
but you need to still make it work in the local market So uh, over there. So let's see. It's a five-year plan. Uh, Peter Volandis is having uh, dinner or lunch at the White House in the coming days as well to help promote it. So uh, from uh, an invitation from Anthony Albanese, who we know is a massive South Sydney Rabbitohs fan. So, look, uh, we'll see what happens. It, it will all unfold over the next few months. No doubt there'll be more talk about it. And then when we get to the week of the game, uh, we'll see how many people turn up. Uh, I've just had a phone call coming to yes. the uh, studio mm -hmm. from uh, one Jeff Kennett regarding ah. the headline today in uh, New South Wales and mm -hmm. Queensland. Uh, Jeff, your mm -hmm. response? Don't you worry about that, matey. No worries. Thank you very much, Jeff Kennett there. Um, being serious again. Thank you. Um, yes. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> it's been a weird morning there. Um, <laughs> Being serious, yes. though, Peter Valant, he loves to stir the pot. And yeah. what I'm gauging from this headline this morning is that it's an attempt to, to kind of rattle maybe the new administration at the AFL with Andrew Dillon uh, mm. commencing, well, what is he now, just over a month. Well, still, actually, it might just be under a month. It was after the grand final that he officially took the helm. So I wonder whether there's a, there's a bit at play here because we've been pushing in the last week about trying to capture the attention of New South Wales and Queensland. It's become a real strong talking point regarding round one. We spoke last week about the story that emerged that New South Wales could host games on a standalone weekend to commence the season. GWS to take on Collingwood, Sydney to take on Melbourne. It's emerged since we last spoke, Dan, that mm. a part of that or what's being floated is this concept that you'd have those two games in New South Wales and then mm. you'd have a further two in Queensland that would feature the Brisbane Lions and the Gold Coast Suns playing an opponent as well. It seems a real aggressive tactic and it's curious that these stories are just leaking out at the moment. There's to be no official confirmation. It's just evolving as they like uh, to say and sorry you may have just said this did you is there a particular weekend um they have said they're going to do this or we still mm. haven't got confirmation no that all mm. is very vague all we know is that it will be the weekend before the season would mm. normally kick off and then the teams that would be participating in what would be mm. known as round one would mm. get a buy at some point over mm. the first month or so of of footy. Which still leads me back to my question of last week, that if it's not the same weekend that the NRL are in Vegas and there's no NRL on at all locally, and if it's a week where maybe it's round round one, proper round one, where we've got six games of NRL, there's still going to be games locally around Australia. It's a weird one. Um, look, I, I have no doubt it'll get crowds because uh, there's AFL crowds here, especially for the Swans, to get big crowds. Brisbane Lions, we've seen that as well. Um, it's just it's interesting that they are doing that on the back of the NRL going to Vegas. And you mentioned Peter Volandis. You also got to remember he's in charge of racing New South Wales. He's the one that has brought the Everest, which we saw a couple of weeks ago, uh, to town. By the way, did I tell you, Manny, I got a one and two in the Caulfield Cup uh, the other day as well. That was very, very exciting. But that's uh, that's another uh, story. Um, Jeez, you have had a good week. I have, of course. Imagine Maybe what they you... could have paid for your tickets to go over to uh, Vegas. It could be. It could have. Could have. Of course, remember, what's gambling really costing you, Matty? But, uh, yeah, so it's, look, it's an interesting one. Um, I find it interesting how both codes and... 
I'm always a person that says both the NRL and AFL, I'm happy to see the game grow. There's a lot of talk at the moment about the 18th team in the NRL, which we may talk about next week, Matty. It looks like at this stage, Papua New Guinea, I'm sort of one that would have thought Perth would have been a better option. Um, so we need to continue to grow the game. AFL wants to continue to grow their game. So I have no issue with it going to as many markets as they like. Just depends if it's going to work. And as I say, in terms of the AFL one, intriguing to see what weekend that will actually end up being. Do you have any idea, just before we move on, any idea when your draw would come out for uh, next year? I know last year's came out, I think it was the 10th of December, so mm. it'd probably be anywhere from a couple of weeks' time until okay. early December, I'd be mm. predicting. It usually falls in around when we, we hold our draft. Mm. Um, so, yes, over the mm. next month or so, we should find that out. Yes, mid-November to late November for the NRL. So we'll see over the next month, both NRL and AFL. But there's some rugby league down in Melbourne um, on the weekend, Matty. Well, is there? Because <laughs> we haven't had much spoken about this encounter between Australia and New Zealand. Mm. I'm relying on you, Dan, to, to uh, fill yes. us in. And you're, you're now the mouthpiece. So mm. you, you can call us whingers and whiners right. all you like, but you've got to get us, sell us why we should be investing and travelling along to watch this specific championship encounter this weekend? Uh, Maddie, it's an interesting one. I'll, I'll be very intrigued to see what sort of crowd they get at Amy Park. It is Saturday night, about 8 o'clock. Um, yeah, it's interesting because clearly the Melbourne Storm have a big fan base in Melbourne. Amy Park, whilst not always sold out, always getting fairly decent crowds, even when there is AFL on. Clearly, uh, for this game on Saturday night, no AFL, uh, at least no AFL yeah. men's being played. But uh, there is the Cox Plate during the yes. day. Well, there is the Cox... Uh, yes, well, that, when, that might get people away from the Rugby League. Maybe there'll be some going to the Cox Plate and the Rugby League. It'll be a very big day. Um, so... There is other sport, you're right. Um, and the other interesting thing about this is that Australia are going to play New Zealand two weeks in a row. The way the Pacific Test Championships have worked out is that because Australia beat Samoa a couple of weeks ago, the New Zealand smashed Samoa 50-0 uh, on Saturday in New Zealand. Uh, those three teams are part of the same draw. So now we're seeing Australia play New Zealand this weekend in Melbourne, and then we'll play the final of the Pacific Test Championship next weekend in New Zealand. Now, Australia-New Zealand playing each other two weeks in a row is not a bad thing at all. Um, but there will be, I'm sure, a couple, and Melbourne in your name is side, there'll be probably a couple of players rested, but still a good side. It's also going to be interesting, I reckon, Matty, because you look at what happened with the Bledisloe Cup. A huge crowd when it was played at the MCG. So... I would implore people to uh, go there and see the match. I think it'll be a very good match. New Zealand are a very, very good team. Australia, we know, are always very good. Um, and it's always a highly, usually a highly competitive match between these two teams. So even though they're going to be playing each other again the week after, I'd get along and see it. It'll be a lot of fun. Bit of rugby league in uh, late October. Why not? You should go, Matty. Is there is there prestige around this Australian side? Like, if you, you compare them to... Our cricket team, albeit the Wallabies, dare I mention them. <laughs> but the prestige around the Australian mm. Rugby League team doesn't seem as prominent, at least from our perspective down here. Yeah, and I think, and this goes back to what I think we were talking about last week, International Rugby League is... It's still growing, um, and Australia have been at the top for a very, very long time. Same with New Zealand, same with England to a certain extent, or Great Britain. Um, 
but when it's looked upon all the other national teams, probably not so much, however, which is a bit weird considering that the Kangaroos are probably, maybe alongside our cricket team, probably the most successful. Um, and I, I understand very different sports. There's less competition in, in rugby league internationally compared to other sports. But in rugby league circles, yes, they are loved. But I still think, uh, and, and look, I'll be honest, I think this international series, whilst people have been watching it, uh, probably hasn't captured the imagination of a lot of people. I think a lot of the casual rugby league fans have switched off for the year. I think even the diehard rugby league fans have probably only been watching bits and pieces of it. So I think people will tune in more over the next couple of weeks, Australia playing New Zealand, and then see what happens after that. Now, I've got two quick things yes. to finish with. The first one, Ryan Pappenhausen. Mm. Are we worried that he's going to leave the Melbourne Storm based on a couple of reports that surfaced over the last week? Yeah, interesting. There was reports on Sunday that he's potentially being or has at least been chopped around to one club, uh, not for next year, but post that. I, I don't know what happens. The uh, Melbourne Storm, they know it. We know they have Nick Meany at fullback. They've got this uh, young kid, Suofalongo, who's been fantastic for Samoa. He's only played one game, though, for Melbourne. That was that game against Brisbane uh, when they rested. Both teams rested their players at uh, the final round of the year. And we know Pappenhausen has been injury prone. So, yeah, look, I, I don't know, but I think uh, there would be a lot of clubs that would be very happy to pick up Ryan Pappenhausen for the right price after next year. And I think the Melbourne Storm and Craig Bellamy have basically a lot of thinking to do. I, I would say, though, the two injuries that Pappenhausen have had have both been pretty freak accidents. So, And he's still pretty young. So it'll be interesting to see what they do, but they probably can't fit all three of them in at the Melbourne Storm. So I think maybe tough choices are going to have to be made over the next little while. Read the future of Ryan Pappenhausen at the Storm. Uh, get your dirty fingerprints off up north. <laughs> that's what I'm going to say. Mm. Very defensive down here this morning. Yes, you are. Yes. Um, now, off my temper 40 Winks text, yes. there's a couple of texts that have come through. So Donnie reckons that based on the 2023 start, for the AFL, it's the 8th to 9th to, of March. That would be the weekend that would be looking at this standalone round one. That still doesn't marry up with the no. NRL, though, does it? No, so that would be uh, the week after Vegas. That would be the remainder of round one. Uh, so, so, no. So, games yes. would be played here. Yeah, well, that would be the first weekend where it is where rugby league will be played back Correct. on Australian soil. And John from Baroni has come to my rescue as well. Oh, yes. Last season... 4.3 million people attended NRL games. Mm -hmm. um, what's that figure there for the AFL? Just let me have a look. 8.2 million. Mm. Well, uh, look, we have very good yes. TV ratings. Quite often we beat the AFL in the TV ratings. So, you know, you know it, all, it all counts. It all counts. Actually, a very good year in attendance in the NRL. And, of course, don't forget, Manny, what was it? Uh, yes, it is Australia's biggest sport. Australia's yeah. biggest sport, rugby league. Going to be unleashed in Vegas. As uh, mm. and the other uh, the other person that was quoted in that uh, article, Kane mm. uh, Corn says, "I don't give a stuff what anyone thinks." No, we don't. Uh, mm. Farewell, Dan. It's been a pleasure. We may or may not ch chat next week. Uh, we may or may not do what, sorry? Chat. Chat. Okay. I told you, I'm flustered yeah. this right. morning. Not only have I got to deal with this this article in mm. New South Wales, mm. but. Uh, I've got to go see Nimsy during the oh, break because uh, there's, there's a couple of little gremlins in the system, I think. Feeling very sorry for you, Matty. Uh, speak to you next week. Well, well maybe. Maybe, maybe. Maybe, maybe. Good on you, Dad. Bye-bye.
Uh, yes, Matty Cox there in Melbourne uh, talking a lot of things, really. Any thoughts on that? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 We'll get to your texts in a second. Paul Dennett will jump on the line to talk cricket as well. It is 24 and a half to 6 in New South Wales, 24 and a half to 5. It's 20 to 6, 20 to 5 in Queensland. A text from Gary on the back of our discussion uh, with Matty Cox, re uh, the billboard, the poster, whatever you want to call it, in America, uh, saying Australia's biggest sport unleashed in Vegas. He says, Dan, fake news from Peter Volandis. This will just be like the Everest. Six months of non-stop advertising in your face, day in, day out. It's not the biggest game in Australia. That from Gary. Look, Gary, uh, look, I don't disagree. In fact, I would argue that uh, AFL also isn't the biggest game in Australia. Um, it may be the number one football code in Australia, um, but I would actually say, and we might get the thoughts of Paul Dennett, who we're going to speak to in just a sec, um, I would actually argue that probably cricket is the number one game in Australia and uh, football, as in soccer, is the one that is played most at a junior level. Uh, rugby league is the most popular game in, in New South where we're broadcasting today in New South Wales and Queensland, AFL dominates for the most part across the rest of the country. But in terms of an actual national game, I would say probably cricket, soccer. We'll get uh, Paul Dennett's thoughts on that because we're going to talk some cricket now for the Makita XGT. Experience professional cordless power without limits. Now on Tradies News, let's get the latest in cricket. Yeah, and just before we get to the World Cup, firstly, morning to you, Paul. How are we? Great, Dan. Good, how are you? Yeah, very, very well. Your thoughts on that? Obviously, Rugby League heading to Vegas in uh, the next few months, and there is back page of the Tally Telegraph today, Australia's biggest sport unleashed in Vegas. Look, I understand why they've done that. We've discussed this all, already, and look, people in Vegas, the majority of them probably wouldn't have any idea uh, whether it is or not. But I'd say still cricket would have to be Australia's national sport, you would think. Uh, yeah, I love that. I love that ad. I love anything that stokes the Sydney <laughs> Melbourne rivalry. Um, I'd love to agree with you, mm. um, but uh, I, I think, if all in all honesty, I just think it's hard to say that cricket is number one when mm. if you go to Melbourne virtually any time of the year and listen to a radio program, it's ninety percent Aussie rules. True. Uh, obviously, up here it's ninety percent rugby league, mm. and maybe cricket is number two in every city. Um, I, I just think. I think one of those two football codes has to be probably number one. And everyone says it's Aussie rules because the crowds are bigger. But when you look at the TV rating, mm. it gets very, very close. Um, mm. So, yeah, I think reluctantly it might still be Aussie rules. Okay. Um, but I'm not going to argue too strongly against you saying it, Cricket. Straw poll on the text line where we talk to Paul Waddy. And look, I understand that we're broadcasting into uh, an NRL market. I am an NRL fan. NRL is number one for me um, by quite a long way. But Australia's biggest sport... Straw poll, 0457 736 736. What is Australia's biggest uh, sport? Happy to have uh, your say on that. Now, uh, the World Cup continues. Uh, we saw South Africa win overnight, and Australia are going to be in action against the Netherlands. We'll talk about that game coming up tonight in a second. But since we last spoke, things have uh, started to turn out well for Australia after a pretty poor start to this year's World Cup. Yeah, if you're a bit um, superstitious, you'd almost be worrying it's going too well. It's... Um... <laughs> It's like we've written our own script. Um, nice win against Pakistan, but then the, the, the crucial losses by Pakistan against Afghanistan and by England against Afghanistan mean that suddenly Australia, um, really, it's ours to lose in terms of a place in the semifinals. We've got this game against the Netherlands, which 
with due respect to the Netherlands, that um, it's not a walkover. That they, um, if Australia happened to put in a poor performance, the Netherlands could actually win. And certainly, mm. Australia up against uh, Afghanistan and Bangladesh in coming games. They've got New Zealand next. But they've got those two, which they would have penciled in wins for. Um, I've actually come across Afghanistan TikTok. I made a TikTok and mentioned the um, the likely chances and didn't include Afghanistan. And uh, I've got a lot of. Um, a lot of angry Afghanistan Afghanistan fans saying no, they've got a chance of going the whole way. So uh, there could be there could be some upsets, but as things stand, um, it has gone perfectly the last week for us. Yeah, and you just mentioned Afghanistan, two wins in this year's World Cup. They're playing well. Look, they're not going to be Netherlands uh, tonight. Not going to be easy. There's no easy matches, and I know we have a laugh about England uh, being on the bottom of the ladder, but there doesn't seem to be any easy matches in this year's World Cup. Certainly not. Um, and I think that the big one that most uh, casual cricket fans would have looked at and thought was an easy match was, was the Netherlands. But um, as I think I said to you before, that, that mm. they've, um, they belted the West Indies out of the, the World Cup in the preliminary tournament and, and chased down 370 in their game against the West Indies and uh, I think have closed the gap um, uh, substantially, which is pretty impressive given I think that there is... Um, a very, very small cricketing community uh, in the Netherlands. Now, let's have a... Uh, yes, I would imagine. So. Let's have a quick look at the game tonight. Firstly, your thoughts on how you think it's going to go. And does Travis Head um, return? We know there's been talk about whether he'll return this match or the next one. Um, firstly, does he return? And if so, if he does return or when he does return, because it seems like if he doesn't return tonight, he's going to return next match. Who makes way for him? We saw Steve Smith pick up a bit of an injury, thankfully not too uh, severe yesterday at training. He's not the one that will make way for Travis Head, but who does? Yeah, I mean, it's a very good question. I think you're right. Head will either, will either play tonight or in the next game, and it's, it's, it's purely dependent on just being conservative about his injury, whether they play him or not tonight. Mm. Firstly, I think the selectors will be feeling a huge sigh of relief because the, the gamble on picking Travis Head in a, when you've got only 15 players in an 11-player side and him sitting on his couch in Adelaide for the first couple of weeks, uh, after Australia's first two losses, the, it would have started to look as though they'd made a major mistake and that we mm. needed someone over there who was actually fit. So mm. they'll be relieved that it's panned out okay. Um, he'll have to come straight back into the side. His form prior to the, you know, the last couple of years has been superb. I think it'll be Manus Labashain who misses out. I'm not entirely comfortable mm. with that. Um, Labashain, I think, played a really crucial role in our win against Sri Lanka. And, I, you know, sure, there's been plenty of massive scores in this World Cup, but there's there's still conditions where it's sometimes 250 can be a winning score. And I think that the form that Labashain in is, is in uh, means that he's pretty vital. But who else do you leave out? I mean, they're unlikely to leave out Steve Smith. They could have mm. left out Stoinis, but his bowling has been pretty good of late. The one that's kind of um, certainly that they wouldn't, they would not even be contemplating this at the moment. But Mitchell Stark had a uh, not the greatest game um, uh, last game, and they're unlikely to leave out Cummins. Um, and Hazelwood was brilliant in the last game. He, uh, in a game where both sides scored well in excess of 300, he barely conceded a run. Um, so mm. it's hard to drop him. They, I suppose, in a crazy world, they could say, well, we're going to get a few overs of spin out of Travis Head. Maybe one of the big quicks needs to make way. I'm sure if you put that to them now, they would laugh. But um, uh, I suppose it's a possibility going forward. But sadly, I think in the short term, it's Marnus Labashain who'll miss out. All right, Marnus misses out. Are you expect Australia to win tonight? Certainly, I do. Um, uh, I, I think that it would be one of the biggest upsets <laughs> of the, in the history of the World Cup if they didn't, because mm. um, we tend not to get beaten in these games. That uh, Australia's got a proud record, other than losing in '83 to Zimbabwe. We've never been. Um, 
upset in the World Cup by sort of uh, any of these uh, what you might call more um, more minor nations. Um, so, uh, but uh, they are, you know, they they, they beat um, they beat South Africa. They are a, a side on the rise mm. and. If we had a shocking game, we could certainly lose. And just got a couple of minutes left. A uh, bit of talk about the future. You mentioned the history of the One Day World Cup. What's the future of the One Day World Cup? Because we know crowds have been poor this uh, World Cup for the most part. Yeah, and it's it's remarkable how quickly things move. That there already has been some talk. I mean, the, the 2027 World Cup is slated to be in um, South Africa and Namibia mm. uh, and Zimbabwe, I think. Mm. Um, you know, I, I could see them saying, gosh, maybe we should make it a 20-over World Cup and, mm. and, and make things... Uh, take, take action before it withers on the vine too much. The others would be uh, really against that idea because the Cricket World Cup, the 50-over World Cup, does have significant history. Um, and I was chatting to an Indian uh, friend who had intended to go to basically every game he could. Mm. He was taking a month off work, and he just said that they have made it so difficult by releasing the tickets right at the last minute. And even things like... Having that big stadium in Ahmedabad, mm. uh, we talked earlier about yeah. Aussie rules and rugby league. It's not a traditional cricketing centre, but the, the Prime Minister Modi is from Ahmedabad. And I, mm. I, I would liken it as if, imagine an Australian Prime Minister came from Newcastle and just suddenly said, right, we're going to build a massive stadium in Newcastle. Mm. And that's where we're going to hold the AFL Grand Final <laughs> and Anzac Day and everything else. Mm. And the Novocastrians would be like, well, we're not actually all that interested, to be quite frank. Yeah. Um, but that's been kind of uh, the, the fact that, that is hosting the final of the World Cup mm. rather than Mumbai or Chennai, where you know cricket is just um, seeping through them, uh, is a little bit curious. There's a lot of political situations behind the the poor crowds. Mm. The interest is still there in India, but the IPL and T20 cricket is just a juggernaut and is changing people's opinions. And it's something uh, maybe next week we'll actually start off with that about the future of one day cricket. We know I know we've touched on it a bit with you over the past few weeks, but I think it's a discussion that probably needs to be had. So we might actually start at the top uh, when we chat next week about that to give it a bit more time because I think yeah I think the next few years going to be very interesting with the 50 over uh, game and what happens to it after this year's World Cup. Paul, great stuff. We'll speak uh, at least once, probably twice next week as we get uh, into the big, well, the second half of the group stage of the World Cup. And uh, we're less than a month away from the final now. We'll see if Australia <laughs> will be there. We'll chat next week, mate. Enjoy the game tonight. Will do. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Paul Dennett on the line talking all things Cricket Australia to play in the Netherlands tonight at 7.30pm. We do that for the Makita XGT, the professional choice for cordless convenience, unmatched performance, innovation and power without limits. We'll take a break, come back and wrap things up with a few texts. It's 10 to 6 in New South Wales, 10 to 5 in Queensland. Breakfast, not too. Don't forget, Beaumont Tiles is giving away a trip for two to American Footy's biggest game worth over $70,000. Just shop in store at Beaumont's before November 12, and you're in with the chance. Tease and at C's apply a few texts to finish things off. This one, it's not cricket in terms of the national sport. I just tolerate it for the five months or so. I'm without rugby league. Uh, thank you, Kingswood uh, Welder. Yeah, I think there's a bit of uh, that. A lot of people love it. Uh, Marty from Richmond says on the back of our chat with Paul, and we'll talk more about this next week, he says, I think for the 50-over game to survive, it needs to be cut to say 40 overs to keep the interest in the game alive. Interesting. I'll put that to Paul next week, Marty. Thank you. Good text. And this one, if I were Jerome Luai, I would think about why uh, my teammates are not publicly offering to take pay cuts across the team to keep him. 
Um, well, I suppose they need to shore up their own future as well. But interesting take, interesting thought. Thank you for that one. Thank you for all your texts this morning. Thanks to Paul. Thanks to Maddie Cox. Breakfast coming up with the Missile and Copes Queensland listeners. You'll get the first hour of them, and then it'll be Padden Heels. I'll be back with you tomorrow morning from 5 a.m., 4 a.m. Queensland time. Have a great Wednesday.